Hey, 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 guess who's back? It's us, T and Dan. T, I've really missed you. I've missed you too, Dan, but I've missed this podcast even more. And I can't wait to actually show this to the audience, if we have any, but this episode is really packed with an awesome narrative behind one of the most common factors amongst every Duke student. Yeah, we got to sit down with the woman, the myth, the legend, Miss Kim Cates of Shooters. For those of you who don't know, and if you don't know, I'm pretty shocked, but Shooters is the place that we all know exists on Wednesdays and Saturday nights. The place where you know you can have a good drink and see someone maybe that you, you're in class with or someone that you've never even met. It's truly a, a melting pot of Duke individuals. Yeah, so if you've ever wondered who Kim Cates is, the story behind Shooters, how it got its name, where the bull came from, where the cage came from, you will absolutely learn all of those things. Please enjoy this episode and hopefully it motivates you to keep having fun and keep exploring Durham. So I guess the, the best way to start is that we'd love to hear a bit more about your background. What brought you to Shooters and Durham, if you're not familiar? We've had several of these. The first one was in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Um, we was open for one month, which was in the month of October, and it was burned down. Um, and then we moved to Hillsboro Road, which is ironic, <laughs> and it was a nightclub and restaurant. It was called Shooters 2 Oyster Bar. And at 10 o'clock, we turned into a nightclub. After four years of being there, Eckerd's bought us out. And um, right now, it says Walgreens on Hillsborough Road. But it went from Eckerd's to Rite Aid to Walgreens. <laughs> wow, so they just cool. bought the property. So we got to keep a lot of the stuff that was in there, and part of it is in this place. We opened up December the 31st, 1998. In this location. This location. Mm -hmm. um, but that was just like a soft opening. So really, 1999, which would be this 20 years this year. And we started out as a country music nightclub. And we did that for, I guess in 2004, we started getting Duke Lacrosse in here. And they hung up, hung out in that area over there where it's now called Lacrosse Alley. And from that point on, it started being a Duke club. And so then when I supported Duke Lacrosse, when they went through their scandal, I gained a whole new crowd coming in here. So that's where we've been ever since. I can't thank Duke enough for supporting me all these years. Yeah. So that's where we at. A lot of Duke students would be interested to know how you kind of decided to take a stance with like the Duke lacrosse team or kind of what fueled your public stance? Well, to be honest, they were my customers that were here all the time yeah. when I didn't have nobody. We grew a relationship when this came out and I had one lacrosse student that um, called me on the telephone he doesn't even remember this, but I do, specifically, I remember. And he came up here and wanted to talk to me after hours. And he sat down and told me everything that happened. And I chose to believe him. You know, you, you have that 
that chance to take either believe somebody or disbelieve. And I chose to believe him because he had a choice. He didn't have to call me and tell me anything. I mean, come up here and tell me. But he had a choice, and he did. And I stood by them. Duke didn't stand by them. What does it mean to you to stand by them? Like, what did you do for them other than allow them to like, continue coming to the bar and showing them the hospitality? Well, I tell you, people were after them. This was their safe haven. Shooters was a safe haven to them. This was the only place they could go. They knew that they came in here, we would protect them. And that's exactly what I did. I kept people out that were heat coming to this town to go after them, pretty much. I mean, I'm gonna protect people that if I think they are wronged, I will protect you. And that's happened to several people that has been wronged and I will protect them. I will stand up for anybody that I feel is right. Just be honest with me. That's why in any stance, just never lie to me. Yeah. I, will, I will stand by you. But if I find out you lie to me, that's a bad day. <laughs> in terms of shooters being a safe haven for the lacrosse players and a lot of people over the, the years, I'm sure, what does that mean for you? Or how do you work to create a safe haven for people here? I'll put it to you this way. Mm -hmm. Those guys on that lacrosse alley side, yeah. where do they go to every night I'm open? They're very supportive because I support them. Because they know they're going to be protected if something happens in here. They know I'm going to watch their back. But if they do something wrong, they know who's going to be after them. <laughs> They know that I watch them like a fine-tooth comb because I know that if something happens, the media or other people are going to be after them. And they're going to be questioned 10 times worse than anybody else in here. So you said that the lacrosse players were the first Duke students to come I mean, shooters. I'm sure there were other people yeah, that came. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as, like, customer base. Right. As far as Duke. Right. And so, from what you knew, where did Duke students go out to in downtown Durham if they did at all before shooters? That I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they had parties yeah. elsewhere. I tell you how something happened. Our old regular customers that was in here all the time, even when we didn't have customers, he got mad because Duke students took over. And he didn't like it. Yeah, it seems that, cause from what I know about Duke history and Durham history, it seems that Duke students didn't really come into Durham like till like very recently and it seems like Shooters was the like the intersection between Durham and, and Duke University. So to kind of switch it up, how do you think you would describe your job in three words? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask for a better job. I've made great relationships. I still connect with the people. I've lost a lot of, a lot of people mm -hmm. over a few years. Very hard ones to lose. One of them, I lost cancer a few years ago. And I still stay in contact with his mom. That was a tough one. I've lost some um, to um, suicide. One as recently as this year. 
And sometimes I get mad at myself because I didn't even notice because she was such a strong person, at least I thought so. And then I lost some to substance abuse. And then one went home. And you know, I try my best to keep these kids safe here, give them rides home, make sure these kids get home safely. I do what I can. And they go home for a break for just a short period of time. And nobody can keep them safe sometimes. And it upsets me. That's selfish, I know. But it excites me to see when these kids graduate and they go off and they do so well. I've seen so many do <laughs> so many things and it makes me so proud because I feel like that wow. I look back when they were freshmen and I see this little picture <laughs> of them smiling in here at this club. And then now look at them. And it just brings joy to my heart. Yeah. I would say that a lot of relationships are built in shooters. Weddings. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the relationships. And yeah. I mean, really. And they have to come back here because shooters was a part. I have seen people will send me Instagram pictures of their weddings and in their receptions they have a part of the reception and they have the shooters logo and I'm wow. like oh my god it just makes me feel so warm you just can't even imagine that has been so many times it's, and I'm like god I've had um, after receptions here and it's just awesome and they just come up and thank me for them having the chance to meet here because this is the one place that everybody comes to. It doesn't matter if you're in a fraternity, a sorority, or a selected living group, or if you're a athlete, mm -hmm. you all can meet at one place and have a chance to meet. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be anybody. I don't care who you are. I love coming here to meet every type of person. It doesn't matter what you have. Just, I love talking. That couch up there, mm -hmm. Betty Lou is what we call that couch. <laughs> that couch has so much history on it. Mm -hmm. We love, I love sitting there and just talking to people. It's got history. Mm -hmm. I, guys sit there and talk to me about their relationships <laughs> or their family problems. There's so many issues kids don't want to go home because the family's having trouble. They talk to me. It's just great being able to talk. I mean, that's incredible. I did not know that many stories that have come out out of shooters. So how do you make an active effort in like connecting with these students? Do you, like, just, you see them standing around and you just go walk up to them and start chatting with them? How do you mm -hmm. make an active effort in Yeah, I just walk up. I mean, if I see them sitting on the couch, Especially if somebody's crying. I cannot stand seeing somebody cry. That's how we met. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, it bothers me. Yeah. You know? And especially if they don't want to talk to me then, I'm going to push even more. <laughs> and especially if a friend says, she's fine, leave her alone. Don't push me away. I'm going to go further. <laughs> That's just how I am. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to know somebody. I mean, especially right now, it's harder. 
I'm having a harder time this year connecting with people. I don't know what it is about this year, but it's harder. I've never had a harder time connecting than this year. I was going to ask you that. Does this have anything to do with how you've seen the demographics of Duke students changing or maybe? I think so. Yeah, you can talk to them. Yeah, this is a total different group. And I don't know what the difference is. I've talked to people. It's totally different. Yeah, how would you describe how the demographics have changed? Like, what would, How would you describe Duke students 10 years ago versus what they are? They were more open. It was easy for people to come up to me and say, are you Kim Cates? I'm like, oh, are, you, are you Kimmy? Kimmy was years ago. Now it's Kim or Miss Cates. And I'm like, Kimmy. <laughs> okay, please don't call me Miss Cates. I don't like it. Okay, I'm 52. I'm over the hill, okay? Kimmy it is. Kimmy. But now what I'm seeing is, I think that's her. <laughs> Okay, it is, I'm Kim, I'm Kimmy, I'm, I'm over here, you can come talk to me. And I still do the same thing I've done in the past, where I take and go on Facebook and like people so I can get to know them. They can come up to me, please. Mm-hmm. But I'm still the same me. Yeah. I'm probably more open now than I used to be, because I used to be a lot shyer than I am now. I'm not shy. Do you think Duke students are going out less now? Yes. Yes, 100%. I think so, or they're not coming out to clubs. Uh, Something's going on. If somebody can figure that out for me, I'd like to know. I mean, I don't know what else to do. I miss seeing the lines at the door. I don't know what the change is. I don't know if they're studying more. This is what I've been told. Y'all gonna laugh when I tell no, you this. No, I think you're right. <laughs> this is what I've been told. They're studying the type of people that Duke is accepting. Mm-hmm. There are the smart kids that don't go out, or you got the ones that vape more or <laughs> eat <laughs> edibles all the time. <laughs> and I'm just yeah, being honest. Yeah, yeah. This is what I was told. And that's what they sit at home and do and um, watch chick flicks. <laughs> it's true. That's very, I mean, that's a very fair point right but you know i hear from people that once they leave college they said they miss not coming to shooters if you know there's nothing like it and people don't realize it when they leave until they're gone the shooters is gone i think i also realize it when i'm in other college towns or like going there's to nothing visit like it yeah like what is the equivalent of shooters in even Chapel Hill, you know, they don't have... Chapel Hill comes here. Exactly. How do you kind of reconcile how special you are as an entity with, like, a lot of the feedback you're getting about maybe sexual assault or things that necessarily come with the the nightclub setting or necessarily come with underage drinking but are kind of put on you even though you're also facilitating these fantastic connections and people's weddings down the road like what does that make you feel you know this tension well let's see well let's hit the um nail on the head with the sexual assault i'm gonna go ahead with that one yeah um because before i came i listened to one of the things y'all had on here about the sexual assault Mm -hmm. and where y'all interviewed two people Mm -hmm. where somebody was sexually assaulted at divine's Mm -hmm. and i heard about that this person had done 
this to several people, I can't control what somebody else is going to do. I can try to prevent it. Where they say I don't do nothing about it, it's wrong. That's why I have cameras all in this club. And we're even putting more in to help out yeah, even more. Where I have spaces that I don't feel comfortable with, you know, to make things even better. Does other bars in this town have police officers? No. Where these people say that I did nothing about it, walk right outside, there's the police officers. Did they do anything? Um, they didn't even say nothing to the police officers. I don't understand, and they never came to me. All these things that they say wasn't fairly done to me to call me out, which is fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I'm always open for somebody to talk to me. Every time Larry Manetta, as he said, came to me, I always had proof, and he never wanted to come and see it because the proof that he wanted was not the proof that he wanted. It was proof against, and, well, we're just going to leave it at that. Because I know that it can happen to somebody, and I want people to always feel comfortable to come to me or any of my employees, do what that the bathroom mm -hmm. article says for you to do, go to my bartenders, any of my staff. Mm -hmm. We're always here to help anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want nobody to be hurt. I, as a child, was sexually assaulted, and I carry that with me the rest of my life. So I don't want it to happen to nobody. I think that's so important to hear. And first of all, thank you for being so honest and like open with us because a lot of it is just assumption or people not necessarily having access to the information and you being so forthcoming about what resources you have on hand and are making actively available is significant. I always. I yeah. mean, there is people working upstairs, the DJ booth, the employees here. I mean, I have employees upstairs, the police officers, anytime you need help, we have help. Don't be afraid to ask anybody. And I definitely will go, you feel you've been wrong, I'm gonna help you. Just because I stood up for Duke Lacrosse doesn't mean that I'm not gonna stand up for somebody else. They were wronged. To switch it up into a more, I guess, lighthearted setting, <laughs> what are some of the most, I guess, notable events and just crazy stuff that you've seen at shooters? <laughs> if you can remember, just off the top of your head. Okay, well, let's see. I had some people come in one night in this group, and I was watching them come in, and I got to looking, and I looked, I said, where's your shoes? <laughs> I mean, and I'm thinking to myself, well, that don't match the dress code, but this person was just like, and this is a Duke student. <laughs> they just looking. I said, where's your shoes? And they just can't answer Could me. Answer. But I mean, they were walking just fine <laughs> with their group of people. And I'm just like, I've never seen somebody come in this club without any shoes. It was not a night of like, they were dressing for a theme party. <laughs> he just didn't have no shoes on. And I'm like, what in the world? So we found some shoes that people have left here to, for him to put on. They leave every kind of clothing possible here. <laughs> like, what would you find uh, yeah, here yeah. in your lost and found? <laughs> <laughs> some things we won't mention. Okay, okay. But we found glasses. We have found shirts. We found pantyhose. 
we found one shoe. We found a pair of shoes. We found flip-flops. They're the main ones you found after a wedding because they're given away at a wedding, mm -hmm. without a doubt. I'm trying to think of what it is. Earrings. <laughs> Earrings. Yes. Jewelry. Yep. Watches. Um, and phones all the time. Wallets. Things like that I carry home with me because I live over here. <laughs> yeah. So the next night, next day they come by, especially after a Saturday night, they come by and I got a bucket. Did I, <laughs> I throw over the rail and love you down. Yeah. So Everybody laughs at that. They come by. <laughs> One of the parents came by my apartment. She called first. She says, is this? No, it can't be. So as I'm laying there, she said, Kimmy, is that you? <laughs> and I said, yes. She thought it was funny that I was, I has wonder buckets. One of the um, beer buckets. <laughs> it's a metal one. It's an old Coors Light bucket. She thought it was funny. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say, how often do you get shipments of alcohol like this? Um, in January, we should be getting liquor in twice a week. Twice and beer a week. twice a week. Gotcha. But right now, it's a little slower than I want it to be. What alcohol is consumed the most? And has that changed over the years? Like, what alcohol people are drinking? Yeah. Right now, White Claw is like <laughs> big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bud Light and White Claw. And then as far as liquor, vodka and Fireball is big time. And Jack. And also um, Jose. Okay. That is like the big stuff. Can you explain for those who don't know, what is the buttery nipple? Buttery nipple is butter shots and Baileys. Oh. It's supposed to be layered. But when you're serving this many people, yeah. we don't layer it. <laughs> I do if I serve it to somebody just to show my skills that I still got it. Got it. We love that. I would say, is there anything you'd wish that you could improve about shooters? You know, like where is where is shooters gone? Like, what do you want to fix about it? <laughs> I won't wish not to come back. That's what I really want. Yeah. Um, I really miss Wednesday night being like it was. Mm -hmm. It kind of hurts my little heart. Well, my big heart, because I do have a big heart. Um, because it was one Wednesday and Saturday night was the shooters. Got to church. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but it's just like, it's, it's Duke. Friday nights is grad night. The youngins, the youngest ones, don't like to come out here and party with the grad students. Has the bull always been here? Yep. So, what's the philosophy behind the bull? Why did you decide to have a bull inside of shooters? Well, let me tell you something about the bull. The first shooters, it wasn't put in there. We would get ready to put it in. That's what I got confused with that horse and that bull. That wasn't put in before the fire and we were lucky that's the only one like it around but that one right there that thing's been through a lot <laughs> <laughs> it's been broke a lot but it was at the other club and we brought it here what about the cage the cage so did you design all this like, no my boyfriend okay. is the design master <laughs> he can come up with stuff and I don't know how he comes up with it but in my mind, there's no way I can come up with anything <laughs> like that. 
this. He is a mastermind. When he came up with that cage, I was like, no. Let me tell you, y'all don't realize something. The bar top there, yeah. it used to have a pole on it, and girls danced. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> that's when we first had, we paid Duke girls to dance up there. You paid Duke girls to dance up there? Uh-huh. Wow. Long time ago. When we first, back in 2005, six, something like that. They um, dressed up in cowgirl outfits. And it wasn't nothing funky or nothing, yeah. but they had their own little um, dance. And they choreographed it yes. and would show up on every mm -hmm. night? Or yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they did a good job. When did that stop? When did you stop paying girls? I don't even remember. It didn't, we didn't do it that long. They were what we called the shooter's girls. That's when shooter girls came up. Um, and then that's when, that was probably back home trying to think. 2012, maybe, when they, the name of a shooter's girl came up. It was important to be called a shooter's girl, or they called it the shooter's bad girl. <laughs> Back then, I think it was the shooter's bad girl. <laughs> but then we, I wanted to pull out. I didn't like the way it looked. Yeah. And then when we took that down, then everybody just danced up there. Let's see if I can, how I can put this. What I do here, and I do it for the students to make sure for their parents these kids are safe and get home safe. That's why we have the buses. That's why I hire police officers. Everything I do is costly. Everybody says, oh, you're getting rich here. No, I'm not getting rich, not by far. I mean, it's, I'm not making a lot of money. I pay a lot of taxes, but I'm spending out. Them buses cost whole lot of money. Police officers, I pay $140 a night for each one. Oh, you pay the police officers? Yes. Uh, okay. They're not free by no means. And the upkeep on them buses, they're in the shop all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I do what I do because I love it. I love Duke. Since I was five years old, I've been a Duke fan. Die hard. And you can't change it. And I will get in a fight with you. I was at the front door one night. It's the night Duke lost to UNC at a basketball game. And we had a watch party in here. And somebody came to the front door with a UNC jersey on. Now, in what month a UNC person would come into a Duke bar with that on. One that wanted to um, create a little bit of havoc. That's the only reason. Why come in here with all the sad people? Carry your ass up here to UNC and party up yonder or go to another bar. So when he came through the door, I was standing up front and I said, you need to turn your shirt around inside outward. He says, he looked at my bounce and he says, I know she's jacking at you. He said, come on, seriously? He says, y'all gonna turn down money for that? I said, look, this is a Duke bar. We just lost. Why the hell do you want to come in this bar with a bunch of sad folks unless you want to create some problems? You might as well go ahead and leave. Did he turn his shirt around or did no, he No, he left. He left. I mean, that's just yeah. the way I am. 
and that's I mean I can't this is why I'm doing what I do mm -hmm. just like parents when they come for family weekend they thank me they say they know when their children are here they don't worry when their children is somewhere else they worry at another college because they don't know where their children go to they don't have a one place that they can go to yeah. and that means a lot to me I've met so many people in my years mm -hmm. these walls have like one to pick the walls could tell a story <laughs> Imagine. yeah so what's the, what's the deal with um, with you only limiting yourself to Wednesdays and Saturdays, you know, versus you wanting to open on Thursdays and compete with Divines. And you want me to tell you the truth? I would love to Since I've been in business with Duke, I feel like that Thursday nights has always been Divines. That's the way I leave it. Is Divine, were you guys open at the at similar times? Always? We've been, um, whenever I was a country music club, but being that I was now, I just wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I'm just the type of person, the only time I open on Thursday is for a private party. I just don't feel like that you do something against a person. Are you friendly with the owners of Divines? Um, we've known each other and we have, you know, we are friends. I, I haven't seen him in quite some time. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know that he might be a little sick. Mm. I hope he's okay. Yeah. But he's not been over there in a while. Yeah. Do you have any final like remarks yeah. you want to say? Maybe for your over the years, do you have like your top five students or your yeah, top I five do. people that you? It's fine. You can okay. have favorites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know one that would love for me to say it, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. Y'all all probably say it. know. You can say it. SFK. <laughs> You know, you gotta love her. People say, do you love her or hate her? You get one choice, you gotta love SFK. I mean, she is awesome. When I first met her, she was timid, kinda. And she has strived to be what she wanted to be. She's a go-getter. I mean, look at her now. She was like my little baby. And she's outgrown herself by, oh my God. She went and got it. Yes, she did. She didn't let nobody stop, stop. her. Yeah. I'm proud of her. And yes, we still talk. <laughs> we check on it. Actually, y'all ain't gonna believe this. That y'all said this. I dreamed about her last night. <laughs> she, come, she came into town and she was give me a makeup tutorial <laughs> and that's hilarious <laughs> and it's so funny to think about it but anyway so good. but um yeah but if I have one last thought is that I hope people realize that I truly care about all these Duke students and their safety is main thing to me and I hope to bring back Wednesday night. I, I want everybody to come back like they used to. I mean, I miss, yeah, I miss all the fun, you know?
Once again, we just want to thank Kimmy for taking the time to speak with us and show us around shooters. Also, for all of you listening, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Tea Time with Dan.